Hello everybody, my name is Taylor Little and thank you so much for joining us here on episode three of the On In Two podcast. Today's interview is an awesome one. Karen Darrington, she's won 17 state titles in the state of Idaho, which by the way, hang around about halfway through the interview, you can hear my stellar math skills and know why I'm a communications major and not a math major. But Karen was awesome, and I really think you guys are gonna enjoy this interview. If you've ever met Karen, you know that she's one of the nicest people in the world, and will take the time to talk golf with literally anybody and everybody, uh, including myself. So without any further ado, let's get right into the podcast. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Great, played golf today, so it was a beautiful day outside with a bunch of friends, and we had a great time. Perfect, well, I I would be obviously, not doing my due diligence if I didn't ask how are things going through the pandemic. Uh, I think you're playing a lot of golf, but just want to double check and make sure how's the game, how's everything looking right now for you in the middle of all this? Well, I I really haven't stopped playing golf since last um, October. I've played straight through. Uh, There's only been a couple of weeks I haven't really played any golf. Um, So normally I take a break in the winter, but I had some goals going on this year that um, we can talk about later. And um, so that's why I've been playing, playing a lot of golf. I was off of work. I'm a dental hygienist and we were off work for six weeks. So that was, um, you know, not great for being off work, but it was, um, it was fine. Got a lot of projects done at home, played a lot of golf and we're back to work. So. That kind, of, that kind of seems to be the overarching theme for a lot of people is, man, I've never gotten so much stuff done around the house. What, what was the biggest home project that you guys got done? Oh, gosh, a lot of, a lot of things. I totally cleaned my house, shampooed the carpets, ordered new blinds. We put some patio lights up outside, worked in the yard, planted a garden. So you got a lot done. You're putting me to shame. <laughs> I stained some fence posts and that was about as much as I got done over the break. So I guess the one thing I wanted to talk to you about um, more than anything is how'd you get started into the game of golf? Like, what really grabbed you? When did you first pick up a club? Who, who got you into the game and, and kind of talk me through your, your junior career or if there was a junior career? Well, there really was no junior career because there wasn't junior golf um, I grew up in Twin Falls and I don't ever remember having been exposed to golf uh, until my junior year in high school. Between my junior and senior year, uh, my dad bought me some uh, golf clubs and we had a little par three course behind a hotel in Twin Falls. And some of my friends and I went and played a few times. That was really my only exposure to golf. I, um, I was more basketball player and uh, we didn't have basketball till my junior year in high school. So um, I went to BYU in 1976 and walked on the basketball team and was playing basketball there. And one of my friends that I had met in the dorms was on the golf team. And so after basketball season was over in the spring of 77, um, I went to golf practice with her one day and the coach said, Hey, um, we need another player to go to New Mexico in next week. And, uh, why don't you, and can't remember the other girl's name, go out and 
have a qualifying, 36-hole qualifying, and whoever wins can go to New Mexico. Well, I really didn't know anything much about golf. I just pretty much did what comes natural. I don't, don't really, haven't really had a whole lot of lessons in my life. So anyway, we went out, and I was such a hack. Uh, we both shot over 100 the first round, and we were supposed to go out the next morning. And the girl called me up and said, I have an intramural uh, championship softball game that I'd rather play in. And so I'm going to forfeit. So I called the coach up and told her, and she said, well, I guess you're going to New Mexico with us then. And I, I had a three, five, seven, nine starter set. Um, I went to the BYU issue room at the PE department and got a sandwich and a putter that said BYU PE stamped on the bottom of it. I went to Walmart. No, they didn't have Walmarts back then. Went to a Kmart and bought some uh, knitted head covers to put on my driver and my three wood and um, didn't have golf shoes. Went, ended up going to New Mexico with the team and played terrible, you know, shot a hundred in the hundreds, but I was hooked and I was on the team. And so that spring, you know, I really was not, had no idea what I was doing, but in the summertime of that year, um, I went to out to Twin Falls Muni was the golf course that I played at. And I would go out there at six o'clock every morning with my own shag bag. I was the only one out there. I would hit a shag bag and then I would go play nine holes before I had to go to work. And, and then that, that fall, we got a new golf coach. And by this time I'd already decided I wasn't going to play basketball anymore. Um, Cause I just really enjoyed the, the golf and we got a new coach and he had me come a week early and taught me some of the basics. Um, and that was that was my introduction to golf, and I ended up playing on the golf team for three years. By my third year, I was I broke eighty, um, and then I had to transfer to uh, ISU for dental hygiene because BYU didn't have a dental hygiene. So I had another year of eligibility, and I really wanted to stay and play because my golf game was coming around, but my parents kind of thought I needed to move on with my education, which was probably right. And so I, I went to ISU and they didn't have a golf team. So I didn't, I didn't play golf. That's crazy. So you, <laughs> I don't, I correct me if I'm wrong. hadn't had a lesson until you got to BYU. You were just completely self-taught, got there. And were you, uh, was your, either of your coaches while you were there, were they kind of like your formal swing instructor or had you had a lesson at all through college? No, not really. Well, Gary Howard, he was my golf coach and he taught me that week that I went back. I still remember it vividly. He taught me, um, why a ball goes right, why a ball goes left, how to hit a draw, how to hit a fade, just taught me the basics, but pretty much my swing is just a natural I just do what comes natural to me. And I, I don't try to get technical. I couldn't tell you uh, much about the golf swing um, when people I'm playing with are struggling and say, what am I doing wrong? I usually have no idea what they're doing wrong. 
So you are, you are the true definition of a field player. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's crazy. So you, uh, you go to ISU, finish up school, uh, do the dental hygiene thing. Uh, I think it's probably safe to say at this point, you've been, uh, thoroughly bitten by the golf bug. Um, <laughs> but I know that, and a lot of people will experience this, um, if they haven't yet already, usually when you graduate college, you kind of go through a transition of that first little bit of adulthood where all the stuff you did when you were in college and all that kind of takes a backseat for a year or two while you transition into adult life. Did you have that or did you play golf as soon as you were done with school or was there a little bit of a break in there? No, I, I kept my golf game. I was just starting to play, you know, decent. And so I wanted to keep going. No, my boss, my first boss, um, he was a golfer. And so we took Wednesday afternoons off and I would play golf with him and some of his friends, um, out at Muni. And, um, so I, I guess back in when I started dental hygiene school, um, was in 1979. And prior to that, the summer of 79, I entered, um, the first state amateur um, that I'd ever played in. It was at Burley and really hadn't played in any Idaho tournaments um, in the summertime. Maybe, gosh, it's been so many years, maybe in the summertime in between college as I probably played a few ladies tournaments, but 79 was the first year that I played in a state amateur and was um, fortunate to win. Um, win that and that just really kick-started everything and so I, I haven't for years and years I didn't miss a state amateur for about oh gosh 30 some years um, and so I just I've just loved playing competing. So we're <laughs> you go back to back in 79 and 80 with the women's am so we're still within 10 years of starting playing the game. And you went again in 83, 85. Uh, looks like a little bit of, a, I will call them the drought years <laughs> as they were, 91 to 92. You go back to back again. I mean, you can just go down this list. What was your, I mean, what was kind of the, the fuel to the fire there? Was it just, did you kind of develop the taste for winning or was it just the love of playing golf? Uh probably both. Um, but just, yeah, the love of playing golf. I've just, I love that it's an individual game. I do like the team aspect. Uh, however, that I've played on some teams and I've, that's been fabulous, but I love just, um, competing against the golf course, you know, and trying to beat Mr. Parr, I guess. And, um, just the individuality, I guess is what I enjoy about it. It's just you well, and the golf ball. Sure. Well, you kind of, you, I would say you kind of transition into the mid-am stuff and then the senior-am stuff. I Correct me if I'm wrong. I, maybe my math is wrong here. <laughs> I, do I have you at 13 state titles? Does that sound right to you? Uh, I've won six state amateurs and six senior amateurs so 16 then three mid-ams then and four mid-ams mid <laughs> so 17 
you are uh, likely the most decorated am to come out of Idaho from the men or the women's side. Um, I mean, when you take a step back and, and think about that, uh, I guess, what are your feelings? I, that's a, that's a long, you've had a lot of longevity, uh, over the course of your, your golfing career here in the state. I mean, is it, do you ever think about it that way or is it just looking forward summer to summer to the next stadium yeah. and that? Yeah, I think I just look forward to it every year, you know, over the years. I mean, as I look back now, it's been 40 what, 41 years since uh, my first state amateur. And, um, you know, the mid, the mid am years, I was raising my kids, um, but I still kept playing golf. My kids are all adopted. And so, you know, I never went through childbirth and had to recover um, from that. And so I kind of just kept playing. I mean, I, I didn't play as much, but, um, it just, it just was something I like to do in the summertime and would take my kids sometimes out to practice with me. And sure. That's, that's awesome. I, I, uh, when we spoke over email a little bit earlier this week, I, I passed along some questions and I, and I, one of the questions that I sent was, um, what drives you to continue to play at a high level? I mean, even now, every summer, uh, you can count or I can count on seeing your name on a leaderboard somewhere. I mean, what, what continues to kind of pour gas on the fire for you? Or is it just something that it's almost a habit now to continue to play golf over the summers? Yeah, I would say it's a habit. It's just, it's kind of been my life uh, style too. I mean, I don't, I don't sew. I'm not that great of a cook. And so <laughs> it's just kind of my hobby that I like to be outside. I like to exercise. So it just kind of all falls into the same category. That's, that's what I enjoy doing. And my family, um, they've kind of enjoyed doing it as the kids have gotten older. Um, my two boys like playing my son. One of my sons is an assistant superintendent at Falcon Crest and he's really gotten into golf. So we play a lot together and um, my husband plays and done golf vacation. It's, it's just kind of been a part of our life. Well, I suppose that this is probably like trying to pick your favorite holiday, but do you have a favorite memory out of all of those championships or, or maybe, maybe not just those championships, but over your time in golf, what's your favorite memory of playing golf? Oh gosh. Well, you know, the first state amateur that was, that probably sticks out um, as one of the highlights because I had no idea really what it meant to win a state amateur. Um, but I think the friendships over the years um, and the association with other golfers, that's, that's really been um, what I, something that I've just really enjoyed. And, and the older I've gotten, um, appreciated even, even more. My good friend, Gene Smith, um, we started competing against each other back in 1979 and, um, I didn't know her very well then. And I was very intimidated by her, um, cause she was a great competitor. She'd already won, um, uh, several state ams, I believe. Well, she ended up, yeah. she, she's won seven. Um, 
but over the years competing against her we uh, each other we've formed a, a great friendship and she's just a dear friend to me now and some of the usga state teams that i've played on over the years with other uh, players from idaho those um, tournaments and associations are just really great memories to me well you've obviously played a pretty major role in at least the history books here in the state of Idaho. But I know you've also played a pretty big role in a lot of juniors' lives as they've come up in the game of golf here in the last 10, 15, 20 years. How did you get into the junior side of things? What kind of drove that passion, the involvement, um, and and kind of what what was the the motivation behind getting involved in the junior side? Well, you know, it wasn't until just about I don't know, five or six years ago, um, being on the uh, the IGA board of directors, one year um, they asked me if I would like to be the captain of the Junior America's Cup. And so I said, sure. I, I really had no idea what, what it even was. Um, I mean, I try to keep track of the younger golfers, but up until that point, I hadn't really, I mean, I thought I would follow them in the paper just as, and a lot of them would play in state amateurs, but I didn't really, wasn't that involved. And so, um, the G Jack junior girls, America's cup that, um, that was just really great. And I was so impressed with these girls. They are, um, they're fine young women. Um, they hit the ball a mile. Um, they seem to enjoy being with each other also as a team. And so it's just really been a great experience and it's been fun to get to know them. And, um, I, w I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm a mentor to them cause I'm more like a grandmother probably to them. I'm old enough to be all their grandmothers. Um, but it's just been really, really fun to watch them. I went out um, Monday, the dropping, John dropping tournament was going on out at um, Banbury and several of the girls who played um, on the team were playing. So I followed them around and um, I just really, I've really enjoyed it. I feel like golf has been so good to me over the years and the IGA has been good to me that I just feel like I want to give back and whatever I can do to help out. Um, that's what I wanted to do. Well, this year was supposed to be uh, a host year. The state of Idaho and Banbury was supposed to host uh, the G Jack tournament here in July. And obviously with what's been going on, it's been postponed. Um, but we still host in 2021 and you were obviously going to be a large part of that. What was that like when you found out that we were going to have to wait a year and is it just more time to get familiar with having a home game? Yeah, or more time to worry about it, I guess. It's a big, <laughs> it's a really big production. Um, so we have kind of known that it was going to be Idaho's turn since the first time I went because they kind of have a tradition or um, schedule that your team has it every 18 years. So I had kind of figured out that this year was going to be our year. So we've really been actually thinking about it. It's been on the radar for several years and we had a lot of stuff already um, prepared and, and worked on. And so 
it was, it's, yeah, it was a little disappointing, but not really because we're going to have it next year. It just gives us more time to maybe get even a little more prepared. Um, but it's a, it's a major, major undertaking. Well, I don't, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think that you off of the 20, 19 GJAC team. I don't think that you graduated anybody and I don't think that anybody graduates off of this year's team. So you may get those same four back. Um, how fun is it to maybe have those same four back? I mean, that's probably pretty rare that you get the same four year in, year out. Right. We haven't, we haven't had that yet. And, uh, so it would be great. And especially where it's at Banbury, all the girls have played Banbury. Um, you know, the four girls that we, we had last year were um, Kellyanne Strand, uh, Emily C Cadwell, Carly Carter, and Brooke Patterson. And they're all, you know, they all did very well in the droppings. In fact, Carly got second. Um, but um, there's also some younger girls coming up that, uh, you know, will have a chance to um, qualify. That's, that's the thing about team uh, – team play is there's a point system and um, you want to have your strongest players um, playing well when you pick your team. So hopefully those four girls will, um, well, I, I know that they're going to keep their games going, um, but I don't want to let any of the other golfers out there think that it's a set team because it's not, I mean, you know, you have to work, you have to play your way on. Sure. It's still a, still a meritocracy, at least at this level. So you still got to keep grinding. Um, speaking of preparing, you're going to spend a, a year preparing for GJAC, but you've also got something else in May that you're preparing for in 2021. What, tell me what's going on. What are you, what are you working on? Well, last October, um, I received an email from, um, a, a woman who's in charge of um, an LPGA tournament inviting myself and three other amateurs, seniors, we're all seniors, to play in an LPGA senior event um, in Washington. Well, it was supposed to happen last week, two weeks ago. And obviously it got, um, well, it got canceled. But they have uh, invited the four of us amateurs to play again next year um, in May of 2021. Um, there'll be 32 professional LPGA professional seniors uh, that have played on the tour and and then us four amateurs from the Pacific Northwest. There's two from one from Washington, one from Oregon and I think the other one um, is from Canada. I don't really know her. I know two of the I know two of the three others, but um, that's been a lifetime dream of mine to play in an LPGA event as an amateur. Um, I didn't think it would ever happen, and so when I got the invitation, I just uh, I just really I literally I started crying because it's like a dream come true. And so I set, set a program up for myself last October to um, try to do something at least four times a week uh, to prepare myself, either uh, work on my short game, um, play, 
uh, go to the gym, work out. And it's just, it's just been really enjoyable for me to have a goal to work on. And, um, and even though it didn't pan out for this year, now I have another whole year to keep practicing and working on it. And I'm actually going to go up and play the golf course uh, a couple of times. So that will be good. So I'll be a little more, be familiar with the golf course. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty exciting for me because like I say, it's, you know, you set goals for yourself, that, but you never know um, that you can reach them. I don't have any great expectations um, about playing other than, um, yes, I'd like to, I'd like to do well. I mean, but um, I just want to enjoy, enjoy the moment and, um, and do my best. What, uh, what do you think those nerves are going to be like on that very first tee? Um, you know, there'll be, there'll be nerves. Yeah. Probably maybe really bad nerves. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, I tried to, you know, I'm actually working on my mental game too through all this. And, and that's something that I haven't really done specifically on purpose, um, over the years, but. Uh, Linda Petlikoff, who's a, um, she's a friend and a sports psychologist. I've, I've kind of chatted with her. Um, she's, uh, about things and she's given me some good, good ideas. And I've got a couple of books I'm reading and I'm trying to test some of it out when I'm out playing. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be nervous, but, um, that's okay. Probably the most important question is, is who's going to be on the bag for you that week? Um, actually, my son, my son, Grant, who um, is the, that works out at Falcon Crest. And um, yeah, my husband bowed out. He, he used to caddy for me a little bit, but he, it's kind of a joke. He amongst us that he says that we're too serious. Myself and my friends are too serious. So he doesn't like to caddy. So yeah, Grant's going to caddy and he's, um, he'll be a good caddy. He's caddy for me. My boys have caddied for me in tournaments as they were growing up. So it'll be fun. And I've got a lot of family that's going to come and friends. Um, so it'll be neat. That's, that's so cool. Um, I can't even imagine. Uh, I think that anybody that gets into golf, uh, seriously, at least in some competitive level, always thinks about playing, on the LPGA or the PGA tour and to have the chance to do it and the opportunity to do it is, uh, I, that sounds unbelievable. So, um, I know you'll have a lot of people in Idaho rooting for you that week and, and I can't even imagine how much fun that'll be for you. So, um, Karen, I think, uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything. I thank you so much for the time and just being here with us. I know that, uh, this was, uh, an awesome experience for me to, to learn that you didn't pick up a golf club really until you were a junior in high school is so cool. That's such a cool story. And, and for you to reach the heights that you've reached is, is, uh, pretty unbelievable. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And, and, uh, I'm sure that hopefully everybody will enjoy it and, and you'll have a, a, a legion of people following you next May. Well, thanks Taylor. I appreciate you uh, having me on and I've really enjoyed, um, I enjoyed your podcast with Maddie and looking forward to all the other ones that you do. You're doing a, a great job uh, with the media and 
looking forward to the rest of the year. Thanks so much. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. Thank you once again to Karen for joining us. I really appreciate it. That was such a cool interview to sit and talk and hear her stories and and kind of figure out exactly where she's come from in the game of golf and where she's going. And if you're not paying attention right now, make sure next spring at least you follow Karen as she makes her LPGA debut, which I think will be phenomenal. Good news, everyone. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. I did some extensive research. We got it figured out. Uh, There was a few things missing on the back end that I didn't even know were options, but now we're there. So you can find us by searching on into or Idaho Golf Association in the search bar in any one of those stores. Make sure you subscribe so that you get the latest episode delivered right to your phone or whatever you listen to as soon as they come out. Leave us a review while you're there. It would really help us out. And if you know somebody that you think we need to tell their story, let us know on social media. We are at Idaho GA on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just send us a direct message or leave us a comment and say, hey, you need to talk to this person and we'll try to figure it out. We'll get it sorted out for you guys. We'll bring you guys the content that you wanna hear. So until then, make sure you go on, like, subscribe, and we'll see you very soon here on the On and Two podcast, an Idaho Golf Association production.